What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. It's Thursday, September 22nd. It is game day. Your Cleveland Browns take on the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight at First Energy Stadium, live on Amazon Prime and wherever else you might be watching it, both legally and illegally. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to judge you. I am your host, Jacob, at Virtuism13. Welcome into your daily dog take. And today, quick show, quick hitter. We're just going to talk simply about the keys and how the Browns are to win this game. So if the Browns win tonight, this is how they're going to do it. This is what they need to do. This is what the Steelers, they need to limit the Steelers to, all of those sorts of things. We'll dive right into that, into that in just a second. But I want to tell you about our amazing friends over at Homage who have you covered. Ohio State, Cleveland Browns merch, all the best merch you can get. I got an order on the way right now, including a Victory Monday shirt that I hope I get to break out again this week because it would be so, so sweet if I could break that out for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you've got awesome stuff. You've got The Office. I love The Office. There's uh, shirts for that. There's Bill Murray shirts. There's wrestling shirts. Homage has everything that you need. If you are watching this on Twitter, I will put a link to their Browns merch down in the in the comments right below this so you can check that out. Um, of course, you can search their webpage if you click through that link. It'll take you there anyway. Um, you can get anything you want. If you are watching on YouTube or the audio version, it is in the episode description, a link to Homage. Our friends over there just getting you set up with the most comfortable and best merch in the game. Check them out, Homage, today. All right, guys, so this is where I'm at. We'll start on offense, what the Cleveland Browns have got to do on offense, and then we'll tackle the Cleveland Browns defense and some things that they've got to take care of and they've got to change. And it's not even really change, just do better. And, and we know it's the communication issues, but we will break into that in just a little bit. So let's start on the offense. Let's kind of look at where the Browns are after two games and kind of, you know, uh, where they're going, where they're headed, where they're what they're utilizing. So Jacoby Brissett, according, this is all rankings based on PFFs, uh, grading metrics, which sometimes I like better than other times. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is the 17th ranked quarterback. They have 34 eligible quarterbacks in this situation. He is the 17th ranked. Amari Cooper is the 20th ranked uh, wide receiver out of 107. Nick Chubb is the number one graded running back out of 60. Kareem Hunt is 19 out of 60. Harrison Bryant, 11th and tight ends. David Njoku, 34th out of 64. Uh, Wyatt Teller, second of 70 guards graded. Joel Batonio, 12, even though he had a rough first game, but played really well. Jed Wills is 58th and 38th with James Hudson, but you have the return of Jack Conklin. That is where I want to start. Listen, I think James Hudson has played pretty good. Um, he didn't have nearly as good of a game against the Jets as he did against uh you know, the Panthers the week before. And I think there was a little bit more or a little less help. I think there was some a decent amount of help with David Njoku staying in the block and chipping and, and rotating some things over there and, and putting cream hunt over there and some pass protection sec, uh, situations, which he was pretty good in. Uh, so I think he was a little bit more on his own. And as a result, he wasn't quite as effective against the jets, but I still think James Hudson played admirably for the first two games PFF gives him a 65 overall, but a 76.4 in run blocking. A big reason the Browns have been successful because that is the bread and butter of the Browns right now is that running attack. And James Hudson and along that line was playing his best football as a run blocker, a much significantly better run blocker. He uh, had that 76 versus a 55.6 in pass protection. Um, so 
significantly better as, as we kind of go through some of these ranks. Nick Chubb is just, when you look at Nick Chubb and it's like, he's number one and you're just like, he could be and they give him an 86.7 overall between the two day, two games. And I'm like, you could just, just give Nick Chubb all the money and never let him go anywhere. Um, so it's going to start in the run game. It's it's always going to start in the run game. These Steelers, they're not 100% without TJ Watt, but that's more of an effect in the passing game. You have got to neutralize Cam Hayward. I don't know if you can. I don't know if that's possible. But without TJ Watt there, you are going to be able to shade to Cam Hayward a little bit. You're going to be able to put two guys on him especially in the pass protection, but in the run protection as well, you know that Kim Hayward, he just, he just wrecks the Browns. I said this with Alex Kazora yesterday when he was on previewing with me on Daily Dog Takes. You can go check that episode out. Alex is very, very knowledgeable about the Pittsburgh Steelers, covers them for Steelers Depot. So you could go over there and check that episode out. It's on YouTube. It's on the audio. It's it's somewhere on Twitter too, if you really want to find it. But it was a really good episode and I thought he, he talked about it. Um, well and we we discussed the Kim Hayward situation but you know when you're looking at that when you're looking at one less TJ Watt in every situation makes things scarier and even in the run protection he is his hit I think in the run game is what I meant his ability because of his freak athleticism and speed to chase down from the backside and chase down running backs especially if there's Cam Hayward makes you hesitate. That is a weapon in that isn't talked enough about because of how good of a pass rusher he is, which is understandable. He's one of the best, if not the best pass rushers in the, in the game. It's him and Miles Garrett battling it out, depending on any given day. And, um, you know, he has the defensive player of the year award from last year for a reason. He probably should add it two years in a row. If we're going to be completely honest. Um, and I'm a Browns fan. So it should, you know, I'll be completely honest with you on that. in, in, in that right. So you've got to – can't let Cam, Cam beat you because he doesn't have TJ. You know, Alex Highsmith's there. I think Alex Highsmith is still a really good player. But you've got to figure out how to neutralize him in the run game. I understand the pass protection. He's still a good pass rusher. But he, time and time again, stifles the Browns' run game like no one else can no one else can consistently stifle this run game in the nfl not on a consistent basis maybe here and there we've seen some teams do it but the steelers have somewhat done it pretty regularly they did it for the most part both times last year and i understand there wasn't a ton of a threat of a passing attack well they don't have a potent passing attack with jacoby Brissett. although i think Brissett is played a lot better he's played his last game was above some of the expectations i had for him but i don't know until he does it, if he can consistently be what we saw last week. The offense was not a problem. The offense have scored 56 points. You, you would think through two games, if you're scoring 56 points, you've got a pretty good chance of being 2-0. and And you really, you should. You should be 2-0 and by two double-digit wins. That's where you should be. It's not where you are. But, you know, neutralize Cam Hayward so that this rushing attack can get going and take pressure off Jacoby Brissett. There's this quote going around, Kevin Stefanski. He says, you know they're going to run. We know that, you know, you know that we're going to run. We're, we know that we're going to run. You still can't stop it. It's a beautiful thing. I'm paraphrasing. It's something like along those lines where everybody in their, <coughs> excuse me, everybody in their mother knew that the Browns were going to run the football and they just run the football at will. Well, if Cam Hayward has his way, it's not going to happen. So you got to find some ways, some double teams, run away from him. Take advantage of the fact that you're only focusing in on one really good 
defensive linemen in the run game right now. Now, I like some of the other play players that are there, but my point is, in terms of game-wrecking defensive linemen in the run game, it's Cam Hayward. So pay attention to him. Do not allow him to do what he does against the Browns. And that's step one. Jacoby Brissett, you've got to continue to be efficient, man. That interception, I don't care about that interception at the end of the game. It's a You're in a prevent defense. You're trying to get a huge chunk of yards because you need two chunks of yards to be able to do it. You don't get it. It gets picked off. I get it. I get it. I'm not worried about that. So you've got one turnover situation. You've got to keep this up. We cannot play behind the sticks. You cannot have penalties. You cannot have negative yardage plays, and you cannot have turnovers. So you can't, you know, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. Like there's not enough talent on this team in the passing attack to convert a bunch of third and seven pluses. We can't be in that situation. You cannot have holding or a false start that makes it second and 20 or first and 20 or first and 15 or second and 15. And then, you know, even if you get a nice seven, eight yards, you still got another seven, eight yards. I think Brissett, I think that's close to his ceiling. I think what we saw this past week was close to his ceiling. I think you can win a lot of football games with that. I mean, you were able to score 30 points in that, in that situation, but the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, they're better. They're better than the Jets. I think the Jets defense was better than people want to admit that, you know, because it was the Jets and we just want to do, oh, it's the Jets, it's the Jets. But Pittsburgh, you know, they always have the Browns number. I And I know that this is so cliche. This is such a, the Browns is the Browns kind of thing to say, and it can be frustrating to hear. But the fact of the matter is Mike Tomlin has dominated the Browns because he understands how to beat the Browns. And you say, well, what do the past regimes have to do with this? Well, he has pretty much dominated Kevin Stefanski. There's two games. There's the one where he doesn't play a ton of starters, and then there's the playoff game. Outside of that, they haven't done much against the Steelers with Kevin Stefanski. Now, they've been more competitive in some of those games. I mean, because two of them, they were able to win, you know. And and the other one, that really, really ugly 15-10 to 10 game last year. But he knows how to neutralize what Kevin Stefanski does well. So this is going to be a really big opportunity for Stefanski to prove that he can be the long-term head coach who I think he is. He's a very talented head coach. I think he gets far more flack than he deserves, although he does have to make some changes. And I know people always say, I'm tired of hearing you say, we got to fix this or we got to do this. What do you want him to say, though? Like, that that was the one thing that's frustrated me this week. It's just like, what's he, what do you want to do? And it's like, well, don't say anything. Just show me an action. So you have to do these interviews. You have to do these pressers. That's what's happening. It's like, if you ask me a question and I answer, you're like, well, why were you talking about this? Well, you asked me about it. It's a situation. That's what's going to happen. He's got to figure it out. And the thing is, uh, as I point out, you know, they have a winning record under Kevin Stefanski. There's not head coaches in this game that had in Cleveland have been very successful when it comes to that over a course of multiple years. So it goes eight and nine, goes 11 and five. You know, I think this is a chance for Stefanski to take a step forward and say, look, everybody is being questioned in that building right now. Now let's go out, let's focus, let's block out the noise and let's play football. Let's scheme for what the Steelers are struggling with. Let's scheme with what we are succeeding with. And let's find a way to do this because Tomlin has had his number. Tomlin goes out there and his defenses, no matter who's on it, know how to neutralize what the Browns want to do. So this is an opportunity for Stefanski to really kind of solidify his, his ability as a coach and as a leader 
uh, in a week where it's been questioned. In 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 some ways, it's been very justified. Some ways, I think it's a little over the top. But you know, here we are. That's why we're here. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. I think the offense just be efficient, run the football, don't get crazy, don't just don't take risks. There's no reason to take risks. Brissett, he made some really nice big time throws, but they weren't that risky. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, Stefanski schemed this open. And I will say the key in that passing game will continue to be Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper is on the, oh, you forgot I was a, oh, you want to question if I'm a number one wide receiver? Revenge tour right now, if you ask me, because he, you know, he really was really, really good in week one. Um, it just, the passes weren't there. The quarterback just didn't play all that well. And then last week, his 10 targets, nine catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. I thought he was just brilliant. Just, if you want to watch some like teaching tape on how you run routes, go watch Amari Cooper against the Jets because it was some really, really good stuff. So I need him to go for another 75 to hundred yards. And I think the Browns offense will be enough. It'll be 24 points, 20, 24 points. I think that's where they got to get because this defense can be good enough to win those games. I don't know if they will be. So we're going to move to the defensive side of the ball. And it's really, it's, I'm not even going to spend a ton of time on this. Not, not nearly the amount of time I spent on the offensive side of the ball, because it's, it comes down to one thing and it's, do you know where you're supposed to be? Do you know where your teammate is? Does your teammate know where he's supposed to be? it's coming down to this communication thing and we have this rumor and some people are freaking out over it. Some people are not worried about it at all. And some people are somewhere in the middle over this players only meeting that took place uh, with the defense. Now learning it, it appears that it was the defensive players, not the whole team um, as they were, they sat down and, and, and trying to squash and figure out what's going on with the miscommunication that's going on. There was some throwing under the bus, some comments that were made, you know, between this guy not taking responsibility and, you know, kind of insinuating it's someone else's responsibility. And I think leaning on Anthony Walker, who is playing out of his mind right now, is what this team's got to do. You got to get behind the leaders. You got to get behind Miles Garrett. You got to get behind Anthony Walker, who, you know, Darius Leonard, um, now Shaquille Leonard, I believe, um, is saying, he was like losing his mind with Walker left, you know, and I know Walker has been somewhat of an average uh, linebacker over on his career right now, but he's out there. Let me find it. Let me find where his ranking is um, in PFFs overall board here. Cause I can't find him. It's always funny. Sometimes he's third. Jeremiah was who is the highest graded linebacker in football. Anthony Walker is the third, both over 90. These guys, you know, Anthony Walker, he's got to find a re way to get through every to everybody else and figure this out. Stop rotating that green dot. <laughs> Just keep the guy out there. Communicate. Figure it out. Understand your coverages. Keep it simple. Don't try to play hero ball. Don't try to. I think what I've seen with some of these miscommunications is, is people wanting to jump these routes and, and, and looking for these interceptions and jump underneath and, and outsmart the quarterback. Let's. I understand the need for big plays. I understand the want to have a splash to to make Sports Center do all of these things. But right now, you're struggling just to be where you're supposed to be, right? And that's where I'm concerned. That's where they've got to be. You have. If you are supposed to be covering this guy, you need to be covering that guy. Don't pull off and have three guys covering one guy and one guy not being covered. 
You've got to talk in the secondary. I mean, we've been harping and I, and I'm not going to go too much more into it because I know everybody's been beating this like a dead horse, but this defense is way too talented to implode two back-to-back weeks. I think it's too early to panic, but you should be concerned. You should wonder what's going on here. Why is Denzel Ward like? Where's he at? Um, on my on my board over here. Why is he the 96th high, 96th ranked corner, according to PFF grades? And I know, I know some people. He he's uh, disputing some of the uh, snaps that they say are on him, and so they may be lower than what some other people think he is. But why is he down there? Why is he not up to snuff? Why is he playing a different type of coverage than the safety? And I'm not saying I'm not pointing the fingers. It seems to be that everyone's insinuating that it's Grant Elpit, and Grant Elpit is far too, you know far too talented to be this bad too. It's, I don't care who it is. You've got to sit down in this room. And I hope that's what this player meeting was and just say, Hey guys, we're not a team that's historically bad in terms of talent. Like you're not his, this historic collapse they had last week does not match the level of talent they have here. This is not the, you know, Oh, and 16 Browns anymore. You've got two of the top three linebackers in football. I love Jacob Phillips. Let's keep him off the field for a while. He's almost the worst graded uh, linebacker in football right now. So let's let's just roll with more Anthony Walker and, and JOK. And, um, you know, it's going to really suck to not have Jadavian Clowney out there as a 10th uh, highest rated edge so far. Um, in, so far in football, um, Taven Bryan's played all right. Jordan Elliott's had some ups and downs and some decent snaps from Tom, <coughs> excuse me, Tommy Togiak. So it's simple. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Just fix it. Figure it out. You're far too talented to not be able to do this. Run the football. Neutralize Cam Hayward. On the offense, on defense, communicate, and just get after Mitchell Trubisky. This offensive line is susceptible. Miles Garrett, he can go get that record. Rush the passer. Maybe play some more man coverage. I mean – it might be a little bit easier for them to understand if they play man coverage. You've got these big physical corners that can play man and press, and they don't need to be playing these soft coverages where Joe Flacco was able to pick you apart because they neutralized Miles Garrett and Jay Van Clowney because they chipped him, and Flacco, bam, ball out, ball out, ball out. He could get the ball out because we're playing soft off man coverage. Well, get them up, physical, get it back to simple, one-on-one, man-on-man. I'm going to tell you right now, that one's pretty easy to figure out as long as you know what your man is. But I guess that requires some (laughs) communicating too. I just think that this defense that we hyped all off season is still there. I think it's still there because I think this is the stupidest thing to be bad at. It's the stupidest thing. You can't even, that's my guy. Like, that's it. Got him, got him. You know, that's my guy. We're in this coverage. We're this, this is communicating amongst your teammates should be the absolute easiest thing you do. And for some reason right now, the Browns are not able to do that. So if the Browns want to win, they run the football, they're efficient, they don't turn it over on offense, and they communicate. I think if those things happen, the Browns can get out of there with like a 24 to 17 win. Um, I'm not going to predict that, but if all these things happen, they can get out of there with this win. So that's my rant. That's my pregame. Hopefully when I see you guys tomorrow morning for my live reaction, not my live reaction, but, you know, my immediate reaction, I'll record it after the game tonight, um, that 
we'll be talking some good things. And the Browns will be two and one, have defeated the dreaded Pittsburgh Steelers. So, guys, those are my keys to the game. If you got some keys you want to share with me, fire them in the comments. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please get uh, please consider rating the show, leaving us a review, subscribing to the YouTube channel. Uh, it helps us out greatly, gets us up in the algorithm so other people can hear us as well. So I appreciate you guys. Um, it's game day. Let's get crazy. Go Browns.